welcome to Critical Apocalypse episode 178. My name is Matt. This is Anne. This cunt right here is Anne. And tell everyone about how your week's been. What your last two weeks have been. Sure, to want you down the little bits of that bloody. They taste good though, don't they? Yeah. Not a fan. They All remind right. me of the you know the, the slabs of food they eat in Snowpiercer. The jelly. Yeah, it's just a like, brownie reminds you of jelly. It's just like a compressed have mass you got, of stuff. Like, have you got teeth like Brundlefly? <laughs> Everything's just a soft, malleable, malleable block of just fudge. Are you telling me those vegan brownies can just be mashed up flies? I mean, they could be, but flies yeah. aren't vegan. How do you? Say poo. Poo's from animals. Animals produce poo. It's a byproduct of farming. Yeah, but flies aren't. They have souls, so. Flies have souls? Hmm. Have we not seen Adventure Time? Ghost Fly. Whole episode of Adventure Time about a ghost fly. Doesn't have a soul. Is that, I mean, to be a ghost, it's the spirit, the soul of something that's died. That doesn't make sense. Well, it does in the world of Adventure Time. So that's how your two weeks have been, is did yeah. you watch? Did you watch some of the new trailers for stuff that's come out? Shit about freaking you've not, trailers. You've not watched any of the new trailers for stuff I can't remember the name of. <laughs> Mandalorian's probably going to be in Book of Boba Fett. because uh, that song played. Can't wait apparently. to see the action figures. I still haven't watched episode three. Well, I've watched half of four. episode three, and I haven't watched any episode of four. four. Was this week's? Yeah, no, but I've watched half of episode three. With the Vesperians or whatever they are. The mods. The Vespers, yeah. The mods. Yeah, what's that? Uh, that's cool. What? People are weird and they're going, oh, that's not Star Wars. And it's extremely Star Wars. It's Star Wars, yeah. You're telling me that George Lucas, a man who fetishises the 50s, wouldn't put a bunch of it's essentially, kids riding it's Vespers. It's essentially American graffiti, but in Star Wars. I do like the they fact that... They Vespers in American graffiti. Yeah, they did. They didn't. They drove around in like Cadillacs and shit. It was freaking... Yeah, it was, I'm sure there was a Vesper or two. Or seven. It was a hand solo. What about Mutt? What does Mutt ride? He rides like a cafe racer style thing, doesn't he? Like an old. What, Indiana Jones 4? Yeah. He rides a. Um, one of those freaking. Not a Triumph. Not Harley, but one of those things. It's not a Triumph. Yeah, but he's a bike. He cares. He cares about Mutt. No one cares about Mutt. Do you not care about Mutt? Because apparently someone has been dressed quite similar to Mutt on the set. It's not going to be Sheila Booth. Of Indiana Jones 4. Well, it might be. Because we don't have... It's a non-extradition treaty between the US and the UK. So if he's trying to get away from all the crimes he did to FKA Twigs, or whatever her name is. Was that who he dated? I don't know. Anyway. The Peanut Butter Falcon. <laughs> all right. Anyway, Anne, how your two weeks been? What have you been up to? How's work been? Yeah. Are you feeling like 2022 is a new start for you? I've changed our title to New New Year, New Me. So it's Critter New Year, New Me Apocalypse. Um, what? That's that's what we are now. We're what? celebrating the reviving... The, 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 you don't have access to the Critter Apocalypse SoundCloud, though. No, no, it's just on Twitter. Oh, that's not... That doesn't right, count. Mostly that's the, the unofficial <laughs> Critter Apocalypse. We mostly rip the piss out of anti-vaxxers and racists. That's the Critter Apocalypse fan Twitter. <laughs> it's just me. Yeah. Uh... Me and 300 other people talking about anti-vaxxers. Only 300 followers? Is that, is, what, if you, if you haven't got 300 well, that's followers. That's because you've got the official account. You haven't got 300 <laughs> followers. Yeah, it's not like 315, 314. Yeah. Not like your, uh, not like your, your official Twitter for the podcast, Wild Will's Hat. 
Imagine if one day you did just post the podcast on there and people were like, unfollow. <laughs> I'm done with this. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. No, I, I wouldn't expect you to. Don't jeopardise a good thing. No. Don't step outside your boundaries. No. You rinse it until it's dead and then you find someone else. Just like... Um, Jordan Belfort. What, no, what Harry Osborne's supposed to do with... That's <laughs> what his dad told him to do. Yeah. You do what you have to do with it. Do what it. you have to do with it and then move on. Even though, in all honesty, she's far more attractive than James Renko. Less a beauty. What? Less a beauty. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, and less texting 16-year-olds. Yeah. Ah, Hollywood's a cesspool. I think the whole of the US is a cesspool, to be honest. I think money, any anyone with money is in a cesspool. They're all fucking got something weird going on. Yeah, but I'll, I'll have some money. Yeah, I mean, I'd love some money. I'll jump in the cesspool if they're going to give me money. Yeah. Actually, there was one thing that I saw this week that was quite quite nice, was uh, Brad Pitt goes and donates food to people, but he does it like he doesn't have press and shit like that. Someone took a picture, a selfie with him, because he gave him a cigarette. So that's how it was like, hey, look, Brad Pitt's giving people food and stuff, because he was helping with one of the food donation things that they do. You know, you can box of, boxes of food to people in poor areas. And obviously, he's masked up and stuff, so they don't mm. notice him. He just went and... Yeah, yeah. And someone asked him if he could, if they could bum a cigarette. He was like, oh, yeah, of course you can, man. Like, oh, you're Brad Pitt. It's like, yeah. One of the most handsome people in the world. How Just me. You, how, Just would you, how would you bum a cigarette? Do you not know what bum a smoke means? But they don't have bums. Okay. Non-smoker. Have you never smoked? How would you bum a cigarette? So it's, it's, it's an expression, Ant, for when you ask for a cigarette. It's called bumming a cigarette. Like a homeless person, a bum, asking for something without... You know, any financial, you know... Scott got to do a bum him. So you're first this week. <laughs> so review stuff and things. Mostly video games, TV and movies. And you're going to go first, talk about some Power Rangers shit. What, what makes you think? Uh, I'm just guessing. I'm just guessing. You're going to talk about some Power Rangers shit? No. All right, we'll review your first thing. So Ultraman Trigger finished <laughs> on Friday... <laughs> That's not Power Rangers, Ultraman. <laughs> what well, I guess. My <laughs> God, you say I ain't got I know you else. do. I know you I do. I ain't got anything out. I know. I'm really proud of you. Like, moving outside the Super Sentai. Ultraman Trigger. Yeah. Yeah, it's the, the show ended on Friday. Oh, yeah. What Obviously, happened? I've seen it. Yeah, of course. I've seen the whole lot. Sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah, You're a real fan. I've got all the access to the Japanese shows when they go up. Um, they live stream on YouTube every week. Oh, really? Yeah, like a couple of hours cool. after they're on in America, in Japan. That's pretty cool. Though. With subtitles and everything. Yeah, which is nice. That's nice. Super Rise got their ideas down. Toei haven't got a freaking clue. Um, you can straight up just upload episodes of Ultraman to YouTube, and Super Rise won't do anything. Really? Yeah. Do not care. They don't, do not give a shit. But anyway, so Ultraman Trigger is the latest one, and it's kind of a remake of one of the older shows called Tiger, which I haven't seen. Um, but they, I think they sort of wanted to do a remake type thing because the one of the actors from Tiger won't appear in anything because he's part of some one of you know how they all have the agencies. Oh yeah, and he's part of some agency that they don't deal with or something. I don't know. It's some nonsense. I can't remember the name of the agency. It's all I can't. I don't understand any of that nonsense. It's weird, the weird. What they is do. it a bit like the whole um, fandom around uh, what they called bloody. Um, Pop star, they're not pop stars. What are they called the people that like uh, go and BTS? No, not BTS. Weebs. No, not weebs. You know the people that are like idols. 
Is that the term for it? Yeah, but even in Japan, if you're part of a act of anything, you're part of an agency. It's called Johnny's. That's the name of the agency, as I remember it now. Okay. Johnny's. Like condoms? <sighs> yeah, but they, they, they whatever, they don't, they don't use him. He never turns up. You know, if Tiger appears in something, is someone else voices him. Like the actor who played him doesn't turn up. So they've done okay. a they've done a sort of remake with Trigger. Tiger's still canon, it's just set in another dimension. And there's that's part of the plot for the show. It cops up and stuff. But anyway, Tiger Trigger starts off with a nice cool opening where you've got a main character on Mars, he's called Kengo, and he's a botanist. Um and he's on Mars and some big old evil ultra person turns up, being of darkness. Starts smashing things up, and he discovers he can awaken the powers of Ultraman Trigger. There's a big old statue on Mars, and he becomes Ultraman Trigger, fights the monster, and then they're like, "You should go to Earth and work with Gut Select, which is the team there." And then for the rest of the series, they barely mention Mars and barely acknowledge that he's a botanist and he's just part of a military group. And then you know, monsters turn up and he fights them as Ultraman. Doesn't tell anyone he's Ultraman. Everyone's just like. Where does Ultraman come from? Well, that Kengo sure hasn't has disappeared again. He's so lazy, always disappears when monsters are about. No one puts two and two together. Of course they don't. Yeah. Um. Although unlike a lot of Ultraman series, like two of them do find out he's Ultraman early <gasps> on. Like he just tells them, I think. All oh, right. So it's um, not like they accuse him of being Ultraman. Yeah, but it's just one of those things where they don't. It's a thing in Ultraman where they seem to not let the rest of the characters know the person's Ultraman till the last episode. It's happened in, like, three of the ones I've watched so far. All three of the ones I've watched so far. That it doesn't... No one... Not the whole team doesn't find out until the end. For some reason, it's always a secret. Although it was good how they handled it in um, Mebius. Actually, in Mebius, it was halfway through the series where everyone found out. And that was, like, a big plot moment. It switched the dynamic of the team. There it trigger. It's 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 a bit of a mess early on. Like there's loads of episodes where I think they're so desperate to try and recreate stuff that happened in Tigo in a new way, they kind of rush through certain story arcs and rush through certain sort of character plot points and stuff. Like in the course of an episode, some in some of the early ones, you get like a f- full arc for a character that you'd expect to be dragged out over a few episodes. Yeah. Like, you'll get a character who goes, oh, I don't like this guy, and he's got to prove himself to me, and then by the end of the episode, they're best mates. And, like, normally that would be fine, but it's the sort of thing where you'd expect it to be, like, a ongoing storyline. Because mm. one of the characters is like, I want to be an Ultraman. He's been developing the technology so he can become an Ultraman. And then this triggered guy shows up, and he's like, what a jerk. Doesn't that usually make you an evil Ultraman, though? But no, he never, he just sort of drops it. Oh. Yeah, he's just he's just happy to make the things after a while. Like I would have thought that would have been something that could have been built up. Yeah. But in the course of an episode he just goes, No, okay, okay, you're the Ultraman, cool, I'll make I'll make stuff for you. Um It just so happened to have all these beautiful large costumes yeah. for an Ultraman. Not that I was gonna be an Ultraman. Just... They don't need a large costume. They have to... I know, but like the Ultraman's a... an actual alien. It's an no, no, actual but being. if you want to fancy it up. It's like... not a costume. That's no, a but skin. I know, but you put a costume over the Ultraman suit. Ultraman's a nude. Yeah, no, but like you put a costume on. Like, I think they're nude anyway. I don't know, especially their skin. Can you imagine that? Like, be like, be like, this is you know unconnected to your Ultraman. This is a tuxedo and a wedding dress for a very large person, much the size of an Ultraman. Because I wasn't expecting to become an Ultraman, meet the love of my life, then get married to that Ultraman style character in these beautiful garments I've created. <laughs> but if you're interested, would you like to wear one? 
And the next scene is Ultraman wearing a wedding dress and then beat the shit out of some giant lizard. Just like, it looks lovely. What have you been, what have you been huffing? I don't know. I've just, in my head, I've, I've made this man's life infinitely more interesting than it is in the Ultraman series. But it's fine. The second half of the series is a lot better than the first. It like It's more consistently enjoyable and fun, doing cool stuff. And there's, as usual with the Ultraman show, all the miniature action, you know, all the fighting sequences with the little miniature sets and stuff are like freaking superb. They do one trick quite a few times where they shoot from inside a miniature. Oh, really? So they have like an interior of a building. <coughs> so it's like someone's living room and there'll be a TV on in the living room showing the fight from another angle. And the camera will be in there watching the fight take place outside and it'll pass through buildings, oh, go cool. through rooms as they fight along. And like every time they do a big hit, everything in the room goes... <laughs> like I always around. appreciate stuff like that. Like I liked, I like in films, of, often like in Hollywood films, they do the whole scope thing. Yeah. So you know like in Pacific Rim where the finger goes, the fist goes through the wall yeah, yeah. and it hits that little... The Newton boop. Cradle. Yeah. Yeah, Pacific um, Rim's great for that stuff. That's inspired by Ultraman heavily. Yeah, like, yeah. I watch stuff. But they, they do this a lot in... Ultraman trigger there's loads of little things there is some funny stuff though like the villains like they shrink down to human size which is something Ultramans do once every now and again and then you'd step on them yeah um, and they'll they sort of turn up and they, they'll do a little they'll have some plans some schemes they're doing hmm. and they'll just straight up be stood like what seems to be about 20 foot away from everyone else and no one seems to notice they're there there's one where they're at some quarry, which is all under military guard, and there's like excavating some big old ancient thing that's in and they there. Just pop up the and he's up. just stood up on the top of the cliff watching them and like chatting, chatting with one of the other characters. And it's just like you got military everywhere. Like, is no one just guarding the other side of this thing? But that always happens in films. They always stretch the. You can at least be in the bushes. Yeah. In the trees or something. I was <sighs> just about to fun. mention that Power Rangers from 2018, 2015, 2016. 2017. Was it 17? Mm. Um. They don't do that in that. I can't think of any time when they actually do that. Where like, because so often like, oh, Rita Repulsa just barges into everyone. Yeah, Rita Repulsa just up. walks in and like everyone reacts to it. It's like there, I'm in the room now. You've got to eating deal with the it. gold, eating the gold. Oh, that was gross. Um, but like, I love that film. It's really, it, I really like that film. Um, but like when you look at the older series, like Rita Repulsa is constantly like, and they're like, yeah, but she's always like just in the background or so, just like poking up over something like. We'll release the monsters stays in the moon most of the time. Goldar. Goldar, Goldar, and who's the other one that he's always hanging out with? Goldar used to work on his own most of the time. No, there's always like someone he's interacting with, and he's like, I'm going to do that. I mean, in series, in Zio, I think it is, he's um, hanging out with Rita Repulsa, Revolso, which is Rita Repulsa's brother. And they um, they lose their memories, and Vulcan Skull make them be their slaves, effectively. Power Rangers. You've got bad taste. It's your problem. <laughs> no, I, I don't hate Power Rangers. I said it in anger because I just reminded myself that Bulk and Skull exist. Bulk and Skull were the I closest thing America so much. ever got to the Chuckle no, Brothers. No, they weren't. They were just bad. Although, Laurel and Hardy were I know before someone, Bulk and Skull. I know Skull. someone whose mum hates the Chuckle Brothers because one of them kept touching her. Really? Yeah. Is it the dead one or the live the one? The dead one. Okay, good. Well, at least he can't <laughs> touch her anymore. Yeah. That's the one thing that you've like always got to take into account is that a lot of the real bad paedophiles are dying out. Yeah, that's good. Or at least the real bad ones that we know of. Like Donald I'm sure Trump's we can make yet. some more. Donald Trump's not dead yet, but he did admit to touching a bunch of kids. But you got to wait until he dies and then finally they can get his DNA and get him those convictions from the grave. Oh, great. <coughs> 
Do you know that Donald Trump's, old... Donald Trump's got like 17 rape cases open? Yeah, yes. And he refuses to give his DNA up. In fact, he's got so much litigation against releasing his DNA for those investigations that there's litigation upon litigation. It's beyond a slapsuit at this point. Anyway, Ultraman. Anyway, the children, <laughs> children show Ultraman. Do you remember Shin Carbon Rider? Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, it's like, hey, Carbon Rider, that, that great kid's property that everyone loves. We're going to fuck him up. <laughs> Imagine that I mean, being covered in acid. The 70s Carbon Riders were shown in the evening. Hmm. Um, they used to be, they used to be, well, you say kids show, but it was shown at seven o'clock in the evening. Oh, really? Yeah, same with Super Sentai for a while. <laughs> but now it's like 9am. Yeah. Beep. I've been watching... Beep, beep, beep. Carmen Ryder Cougar and there's one episode where the monster grabs people jumps in the end just drops them straight to the floor really and they're just like you see him just dropping down I go <laughs> oh that's awesome <laughs> and there's like yeah so yeah but uh, Ultraman Trigger no one gets dropped into an alley in that um, it's good fun Like I've seen a lot of people saying oh they tried loads of stuff to recreate things that happened in Tiga but I mean I haven't seen Tiga so <laughs> who's uh, Tiga uh, that's the series it was sort oh. of a parallel dimension story yeah. of what was the what was the Carmen Rider the Amazons? That was bad. Your mum's bad. Did you ever watch that? No, I haven't watched Amazons. I'll watch it one There's day. There's two series of it. Yeah, I'll watch it one day. They uh they fight in a lot of in a lot of building sites, I'll say that much. Well they got you gotta shoot in places Almost that are entire, closed. Entirely building sites. Yeah. No, Toei have a whole bunch of there's a whole bunch of warehouses and docks yeah. and stuff that they're they've allowed to build. In. These, they've been building these office blocks for twenty five years. <laughs> Monsters keep fighting. <laughs> oh, I want to play that character, the guy who believes all the shows are actual events. <laughs> so then there was a giant guy. <laughs> That's something I watched. Another Tokusatsu film. What was it? I'm gonna have to come to that later. Oh, okay. Have you got have you got four things though? Because if you want to talk about it now quickly. Possibly no. Okay. No. Should I do my review? Trigger was all right. Yeah. No, a lot of characters didn't get much time. There's at least two characters who are completely mm. useless to the entire. Did you get enough show. Ultraman though? Um. Yeah. Plenty of Ultraman. Plenty of Ultraman. And there's one character who she's like really doesn't take any interest in everything the guys do. But then the moment she has to fly her jet, she jumps. She's got like a VR thing where she flies the jet with, and she goes crazy when she's in there. But I like her because she looks like um the drummer from Doll's Box. From who? Doll's Box. It's a Japanese metal band. Called Doll's Box. Yeah, they're like two bands, Gakarik Spin and another one like Either of them George got the Boston. title Box in their name. No. Well <coughs> why they the got Dolls the S Dolls is a dollar sign. It's Doll's Vagina, basically. No. Because box you? is slang for vagina. Maybe to you. Lunchbox is uh man's crutch. Yeah. No, box is a vagina. That's why my parents told me off when I started calling everyone Lunchbox when I was a kid, because I saw Jay and Silent Bob and they were like, gotta, gotta nip this one in the butt. And two years later I was saying, fuck Why are they trying to nip you in the butt? <laughs> Your obsession with bums this, this week is, is, how much Ultraman have you been watching? You're the one who keeps going about butts. Oh, I love butts. Anyway, it's in my review now. Sure, whatever, fine. Cool. You know, I'm going to talk, I'm going to talk about the manliest thing a man can ever do, Anne. I'm going to talk about, Bumming. Mining, digging, <laughs> finding that ore. Not mining, getting bumming. that dollar, the cash, the cheese, the cheddar. That I've of course been playing. Um, Steam World Dig Minecraft, Two. Are you? No, Steam World Dig Two. Oh. I'm only five years late to the party. 
but I finally completed SteamWorld Dig 2, and Ant, I've got to tell you, it's better than SteamWorld Dig 1. That's my review! <laughs> Just like the first game, you're digging, you're diving, you're dodging, you're ducking, you're grabbing, you're buying, you're selling, you're playing. And it's it's a fun, fun game. Um, it is really, really, really easy until the last boss, and the last boss is a real challenge. I don't think you beat the last boss and you're only one third of the way through the game. I got to the credits, so joke's on you, because you made me paranoid about that when you said it during the week whilst I was playing Steam or Dig to your dick. <laughs> but yeah, so for for anyone who's not played these games... I've got it. Ant's got it. SteamWorld Tactics... A physical copy. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Mine only costs £4. SteamWorld Tactics was a game on the DS and started this whole robot tower defence thing. But as soon as that was done, they moved on to a mining game, a bit like Dig Dug mixed in with a Metroidvania. Um, that's SteamWorld Dig 1, which I reviewed last week, or two weeks ago. SteamWorld Dig 2 is the sequel to that, obviously. The name would dictate that. And it's heavily expanded upon. It looks better, it plays nicer... The ideas are expanded upon. It can be a little bit confusing if you go straight from one to the other, but you soon enough settle into that same great, um, that same great little, you know, digging, mining, getting those ores, selling those ores, making more money, getting the chair, upgrading your robot, and then you know you you fight at the boss. You fight at the boss. <laughs> um, I really fucking enjoyed it. It's really good. The whole the whole crux of the game is you're looking for Rusty, who was the protagonist of the first game, um, and you soon find that there is a group of people that live underground. They have a small village, much like the village that's on the surface, which is the robots where you go to get upgrades and sell stuff. And you talk to the people down there and they say, oh, we don't know what these earthquakes are. Can you go and destroy these machines? You destroy these machines and then you find out, bum ba da there's a big boss. And you fight the big boss and it's really good. There's a small character in there that, that I didn't think was that charming to begin with, but as time goes on, you really do get used to the knowledge and having these conversations in the story with that character. And it's kind of sad what happens to him. I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm just going to say... It's a great game. It's a Tom Atkins. Oh, really this one set in. before um, SteamWorld Heist. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The whole planet explodes. Yeah, that's not the sound. But you're, you, you the do planet rock- exploding isn't sad. No, you do rocket up. You do rocket up, and then at least SteamWorld Heist, and then from SteamWorld Heist you go to the other one that no one played, the RPG one, Quest. Yeah, um, and then they've got a new game coming out this year called SteamWorld Headhunters, okay. which is 3D. Oh, but uh, they did the gunk, didn't they? Yeah. Anyway, SteamWorld, uh, SteamWorld Dig Two, really fucking good. Uh, I'm gonna start playing SteamWorld Heist and hopefully have a review of that for next week. I've got SteamWorld Heist. For the next next episode. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm really enjoying these games, and it's been fun going back and completing stuff that I like. So I've got to the end too, because you you saw me playing um, Sonic Two. I completed Sonic Two, finally on the on the Switch. I completed what, Sonic Cas- Hedgehog Two. Yeah. I'm, in 2021 I, I hadn't completed it before the fuck I know I know you know like how you have I literally memory. like like when I got my Mega SG one evening I got bored and I just sat and played through Sonic the Hedgehog 2 in like yeah. 40 minutes yeah because that's the game that I finish in 40 minutes yeah that's what I did I played through it it took hours I saw you played it took like an hour and 10 minutes it took you three weeks I did use save states because I was coming backwards to it I wasn't really like playing it in one big chunk but I really enjoyed it and uh, Chasm I completed Chasm Really fucking good. Um, and I'm just, I'm trying to work my way through my backlog. So I'm trying to complete games that I sort of got to the end of, but didn't really go past that point. 
Um, I'm constantly going back to things like Dead Cells. Black Log, another name for a poo. (laughs) Only if you poo on your back. This is a log that comes out. Yeah, I know. It doesn't come out your back. It comes out your your bottom. Comes out your back of your bottom. bottom. (laughs) If you shit whilst sort of lying with your ass above your head. So if you shit at an angle. It's more to the back than the... uh, well, no, because the hole's facing back, you don't but it's your bottom. You don't consider the front, though, do you? Yeah. Because otherwise girls wouldn't have front bottoms. Front bumps. Front bottoms. <laughs> I saw it on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I did something to a front bottom this weekend. <laughs> right, anyway. Let's not talk about my love life. Um, so, uh, that sounded so sinister. I just want to clarify, consensually... <laughs> <laughs> Steam mod two broke my brain, and that's why your mum said you can't go home. <laughs> I'm yeah, I committed time cest. Yeah, <laughs> Steam mod two is amazing. It's a Tom Atkins and your review. Fuck you. Um, I played through the gunk. Yeah, you did. Which yeah, you is did. made by the developers from Steam, Steam mod two. I have not completed the gunk. I did. So it turns out the part I got to was that first alien that you saved from the cave. Yeah. That's where I got to. Yeah, you're like halfway through the game. Is it halfway through? Okay. I'm going to pick this up because I'm going to keep playing it. It's about five hours long. I know, I know, I know. I got really, like, when I first started playing it, it was You had to finish on the edge of two, (laughs) finally, didn't you? No, I'm on Streets of Rage 2 now. You want to try Super Mario Brothers? I'm Streets of Rage 2 now. Ah, you never finished Streets of Rage 2? No, I've done one and three. Sake. It's the same with Sonic. I've completed Sonic One and Three, but I've done two. Anyway, the gunk you play this pair of, I guess they're sort of like prospectors. They go around to different planets trying to find ore and whatnot an to make. Well, they're, they're trying to find things they can sell to make money, and they yeah. find a planet that seems to be completely uninhabited, that may have a whole bunch of new life forms and new ores and energy sources and stuff on it. And Will they find, find an a energy particular energy source. I'm trying to explain the thing. Sorry? They find an energy source and it spikes whenever they clear this weird cancerous gunk stuff away. There's like this weird bulbous blah, 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 blah stuff that's swarming loads of areas, especially around where this energy is that they can pick up. Um, and they're trying to find the source of it so they can make themselves a load of money. Yeah. But they've got to clear the gunk out. Luckily, they've got a little robot arm thing that sucks gunk up. And I guess disintegrates it or something it doesn't really make it clear what happens to it I mean you collect up the ores as well and plants and stuff to use but I guess the gunk just gets ejected into somewhere it has to turn into something well it her thing doesn't it have like it stores it doesn't it yeah but you can't store infinite amount of gunk inside your arm it says they get sent back to the ship but where are you going to put all that gunk? There's, you clean up loads of it. I guess it must burn it off or something. I don't know. Yeah, you must be able to burn it or something. Must deconstruct it down its molecular level into chips. Carbon. Something. Like the like on Star Trek where they turn poo into food. Yeah. But um, So you're going around clearing up the gunk and then you find weird stuff. There's ancient civilization stuff there and ooh, mechanisms and stuff to figure out and ooh, what's going on in the world. Maybe you're not so alone. There's deers. It's a weird. Well, it's a it's a weird alien thing. Kind of his head kind of looked like the Fallen from Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen. A little bit, yeah. It's got the crest thing coming outside. It looks I, a bit was, like the monster from Ritual. He wouldn't give me his face. Give me your face. But um, yeah, um, it's it's really nice. It's just like their first 3D game, and I like they sort of clearly they're smart company. Those guys, they don't like overshoot their budget. They work within what they can work with. 
and the game's got like loads of little things that like Digital Foundry picked up, oh, the facial animations aren't so great. It's like, shut up, who cares? <laughs> There's hardly any cutscenes in the game. Exactly. It's not worth wasting shit tons of time doing mocap rigs or shit on faces. No. You've got like five cutscenes. They've got the really um, important stuff, Darren, because the conversations that are yeah. had between the two characters Most are, important things are great. Are, the art in the game is fantastic. And it it's does. It's incredible looking, isn't friggin', it? Like, it'll take you around corners and stop you at like points where you can stop and look over a big old vista. And like early on, you can walk around going up a mountain. You can look out over and see where your ship is pl- um, parked, and off into the distance, you see stuff over there. And mm. you know, you do all sorts of little bits. And very early on, it opens up this other path that you're like, "Oh, there's something over there," and that's that's like leads towards some of the finale events, yeah, um, and stuff. But yeah, it's nicely done. Nice character, you know, interactions between the two main characters. Um, who, I genuinely liked their interactions. You get a sense of their relationship. You get a sense of how much they care for each other, and like what they've been through, their early conversations where you talk about... Because I, I, at first, I thought it was just a mechanic. Like, I thought you just had a glove that basically sucks stuff up. But no, it's a prosthetic because yeah. you lost your arm working in one of the mining colonies. Doing something. Yeah. They, they talk out. about, like, losing the arm and it's due to the foreman and the foreman was basically the reason they left that place. Foreskin. Foreskin. Um, and I like, I like the... Like, for the first time, it's one of those, one of those games that you play and instead of the characters just being... Like having some of the dialogue hinting at the idea that they're they're trying to survive by this means of very little reward. These two have conversations about like food and stuff, and it all feels natural. It's almost like two people in a relationship having a conversation over the radio, especially when it comes to things like concern and stuff. It's it doesn't so, doesn't confirm if they scissor or not. They're two women together. It doesn't matter of if they scissor. Of course they scissor. Whatever they want to do together, it doesn't matter. That's not the crux of the game. The crux of the game is having a relationship that feels warm. Yeah, but how are we going to do our fan art? Also, how good is the progression in that game? Like, yeah. it naturally leads you from point to point, yeah, and yeah. if it gives you an obstacle... It's lots of windy paths that yeah. go back towards where you're supposed to go. And It's really clever the way that it gives you something, and then you're immediately like, oh, I, I kind of know what to do with one this. One weird one where it wouldn't clear out, and I couldn't find where the gunk was at all, and then eventually I'm just sort of platforming around, and it suddenly goes boom, and it clears. Hmm. Um, I'd been stuck in the room for like 30 minutes. I don't know if that would like... Is that a loading thing, maybe? No, I think that like the game's got something built in where if you seem to be struggling to find oh, it where the last bit of gunk is, yeah. Because I was searching around. They couldn't hear it, couldn't see it. There was like mm. enough, no indication. I was like hoovering random bits of wall in case it was yeah. stuck beyond the collision. But, um, but that's the only thing I had happen in the game that was a bit sort of off. Um yeah, it's I it's really nicely done. Really, really like the look of the gunk and the way it moves. The fact it can like fly in sections, like some of them seem like it's sentient, and then oh, other parts it's they come for you later. Yeah, but um, yeah, you just suck up your gunk. Yeah, such a such a simple concept done so well. I think that the closest thing to it would be something like Luigi's Mansion, only because that mechanic's so similar. You just think about sucking. Yeah, but the mechanic is similar in the two in the two games. It's like collecting, mm. collecting. You know, but yeah, I really fucking liked it. I liked the upgrade system. I liked the checkpoint system. Fast travel is such a fucking godsend in these games nowadays. Yeah, you always got to have waypoints. Yeah, doesn't use them too much. Is no. like, um, yeah, they're usually pretty close together. There's one. There's a couple of areas where you'll head off into two other different areas, and they'll come back around to where the waypoint was mm. each time. Um, no, it's really good. Really, really, really nice game. Yeah, it makes me hopeful to see what Headhunter looks like. Because yeah. I think that once I'm done with SteamWorld... Heist, Headhunter, the um, the action game from the PS2. I, the Dreamcast? The fucking Dreamcast, Dan! The Sega-made 
GTA clone headhunter. Yeah, don't you dare say PS2. Well. I don't give a fuck. It was originally on the Dreamcast. The sequel was exclusively on the PS2. All right. Don't you dare start talking to me about Headhunter. Such a good game. Did you ever play it? Yeah, it was bad. It was great. Mm. You talking about it was bad? It was bad. You had a trank gun and an electric gun. And did you get the electric shotgun? And eventually the electric SMG? Why would I want an electric SMG? Because you want to fucking zap people. Because you, you have to headhunt them. Fire bullets. No, they're meant to be caught alive. That's the whole thing. Why would you make an SMG to catch to figure electric yourself? Use a taser. No, because you, you want to fire a lot of tasers at once. Maybe they're a bigger person. Maybe they have yeah, a better shield. shoot someone with tons of tasers. Yeah. <laughs> tons of tasers. My quadruple-barreled ch- taser, like in Phantasm. Oh, my God. That's just overkill. I like is such a good game. And Siphon Phil, when you could electrocute someone until they set on fire. That was <laughs> Yes, you could. That's good times. Video games used to be real. But oh anyway, God, yeah. Battlefield 2042 on the PS5 is already 30 quid. Oh, whatever. Who cares? It's only a access soon, isn't it? Surely. I hope so, because I'm not going to pay for it, because it wasn't <laughs> very good when I played it before. Yeah. Anyway, why are you talking about that? Because it's on here. I don't care, but somebody phone. Do you want to really want to taste it? Anyway, the gunk is good. Yeah, really good. I really enjoyed it. I'm That's still enjoying it. I haven't completed it yet. All right, Ant. Is it my review now? I guess so, sure. Don't seem so bitter about it, Adam. Celebrate success. Be one with the world. Talking about the world, I played Nobody Saves the World, Ant. The new game by the studio who made Guacamole. And Guacamole too. Oh, I saw that come up. Is that by the Guacamole guys? It's by the Guacamole guys. I only played the first one. Did you only play the first one? Yeah. Apparently the second one's more like a beat-em-up, according to you. <laughs> no, the second one's got more of a linear path. Oh, is that what it, it is? Okay. Yeah, the first game is near enough platforming perfection. Well, the first, um, first one's a metroid game. Yeah. Um, I loved the first game, and yeah. I completed the first game. Did not complete or play the second game. But... It's they they got they say Mexican stuff in the first one. Do they? What yeah. do they say in the second one? Ed? In the first one. Yeah, but what so, do they say in the second? I don't know. I was in play the second one. Oh right. But okay. imagine it's more of the same. More Mexican stuff. Yeah, they probably mention. Um, are you a Mexican? The, or are you a Mexican? Day of the Dead. That's what they always. You think so? The Dia, Day of the Dead. Dia de la Mortis. Dia de la Mortis. And um, quesadillas. Quesadillas. Yeah. Quesadillas. And um, heroes. Yeah. Yeah. And Espanol. And um, all those things where you have the, you know, that it's like a straight crunch wrap supreme, yeah, <laughs> crunch wrap supreme, yeah, <laughs> churros, burrito, <laughs> wedges, <laughs> L wedges. Other than guacamole, <laughs> yeah. churros is the best thing that ever came from Mexico. Okay, not Mexican people, <laughs> not the entire nation of Mexico, not hundreds of years of Incan. You know, mysticism and history. Churros. They're really good. <laughs> it's just it's just a badly made donut. Covered in lots of cinnamon <laughs> sugar. And then you dip it in caramel sauce. It's fucking raw, man. Uh, anyway, so uh, I played Nobody Saves the World. Tom just Taco Bell shot. <laughs> About two hours ago. I, think. Oh. Um, I played uh, Nobody Saves the World. It's a top-down RPG. It's a bit like Zelda, like the older style Zelda stuff. It's really simple. You're a bloke who wakes up with amnesia. You got to find out who you are. You, in your search to find out who you are, your wallet doesn't have a wallet. It's like the whole point is that you're like, when you wake up, you're like a you're a completely 
completely void of any detail. And you're also not wearing trousers, which people do tell you constantly, even though you don't have genitals. I think you don't have genitals. You sure you're not a Tory? Because if you're a Tory, you have a micro penis. That's no what I'm point saying. Are they fucking Tories, a pig? So Tories' micro penises barely protrude past the end of their pubes. Is that so. why they're so angry? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's why they're Tories, isn't it? Like we can't let other people in who don't have micro penises because people want to breed with people with, with, without micro penises. <clears throat> what we're saying is all Tories have a chode. Weren't you talking about some Mexican including, game? including Tory women? Um, so. Yeah, so um, I played, yeah, Nobody Saves the World. It's a top-down Zelda-style game in which you have transformation. So you transform into different forms to take on different challenges. Um, are you listening, Ant? I'm looking at the Transformer. Oh, right, okay. That's good. But I'm, I'm not interrupting you. So it's, I'm uh, letting you do your review without interrupting it's you. It's a really simple game. You get a couple of attacks, okay. and, and you can you can basically you uh, have a skill tree. So as you develop, you can you can get better powers for the different different forms you take. So far I've unlocked six or seven forms. Um, but my favourite is, is still the first one you unlock, which is just a rat. You you get the chance to turn into a rat. And it just has this really spammy, like you hold A and it's just a gnawing attack. It's just yeah. like... And it causes poison damage. And once you poison somebody, you can consume with X and it gives you some of their health. That's not poisonous. But it kills them. Um and it's really fucking fun just having that button and the the sound effect to that that gnawing effect for some reason I haven't gotten 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 tired of it yet it's just like that it's great can you eat pudding no you get chocolate there is chocolate and like turkey mm. legs and cakes rats and stuff that you can get to help okay. yeah rats can eat anything yeah they like literally can eat anything they eat um, if you've got foam based insulation some of them used to a long time ago have like sugar it's like there used to be an element that basically was sweet, and rats used to eat it all the time. People had lots of rats problems. Um, but anyway, so um, yeah, uh, nobody says what. It's on Game Pass, which is where I played it, and I, I gave it a go on the streaming thing, which wasn't great. But that's been a bit yeah, it's shitty. Been, all the games should have the cloud on them now, and they're like trying to convince you to try and use the cloud. Yeah. I'm just going to so cloud cloud worked really well like a month ago, mm. and then in the last couple of weeks, it's been real bad. And I don't know why. And I think it's because the servers are maybe getting a bit... Because you remember, like, last it's year... It's probably because it's cloud-based stream games. It's not going to no, work. No, you remember I said way. last year that they were going to make it so that essentially having an Xbox One X or, like, an Xbox Series S or Series X would be indistinguishable once cloud gaming was sorted. And it's they've never going to be. But they've now got it sorted so that you can you can stream on an Xbox One X, a game that you could previously only play on a Series X. Yeah, but you... No matter what, there's always going to be input latency. There are systems around that. Like, there are what they call predictive control systems. <laughs> but, like, are you really playing the game at that point? No. Does it even matter, though, if you're enjoying it? Um, but anyway, so, yeah, I tried it on cloud. It's not been working well, so I don't recommend anyone gives it a go there. But if you've got, like, a Series S or, you know... It, I think it's on all Xbox consoles and PC as well. So it's worth giving it a go. It's It's not perfect. Like, there are some grindy areas and there are, like, segments where you'll just be maybe a bit annoyed. Um, and there's also, there's no penalty for dying. You just come back at the beginning of, like, the room you were fighting in. Yay! And with full health and stuff, which That's okay. is, is fine. You know, it helps progression, you know, go a bit smoother. But it can be just a little bit frustrating if you keep dying to, like, parts where it's just tons of enemies and then one particular time that causes frustration, but because of the way you've got to fight, you sort of have to take care of the bulk of the enemies first before you take on that thing. And that can always be like, it's almost like a forced difficulty. Instead of being able to take on the whole group, you've got to take on this smaller group. 
and then they've got a ranged attack and they're locked behind an area. It's just stuff like that. Like, stuff that's just game design stuff that can be a bit finicky. But all in all, I've really enjoyed it. Um, I'm going to give it a... I'm going to give it a... to get good. I'm going to give it a Helen Mirren. You know. In red. Classically trained actress, and every so often she'll do a red or a Fast and Furious 9. Because she fancies Vin Diesel. Too fast, too finerous. She probably went home after Fast and Furious. She goes, oh, that Vin Diesel, hasn't he got lovely muscles? I need to ask a question about Fast and Furious. Right. In the first Fast and Furious film, what do you think the the uh, race was that they had to do in the desert to win cars? What do you think that event was called? It was called Fast Fest. No, no, no. Think of something that may or may not be misconstrued if you were to say it randomly in, say... A podcast segment, and it wasn't a Ben Shapiro podcast, yeah. <laughs> or a Tim Pool podcast, or any other right wing podcast, or Joe Rogan. Bummerfest. No, race wars. Race wars. <laughs> they go to the desert to take part in race wars. That's com- social commentary. <laughs> See, the Fast and Furious, a very smart. Oh, actually, no, it's two thousand one. Intelligent film. Yeah, race wars was a thing back there, and they were <laughs> doing commentary on it. Because they said the words, and that means they did commentary. Oddly on enough, it. they don't talk about race wars in two or three. <laughs> but isn't Tyrese Gibson in that one? In what two? Is he in the first one? Isn't no. He? Is he in the second? No, one? No, he's only in the second one. Because oh. the first one is Paul, Paul Walker. Wanker's in them both. Isn't Paul he? Walker and Vin Diesel are in the first one. Yeah. Then in the second one, Vin Diesel wouldn't come back to do Fast and Furious two. Yeah. So Tyrese Gibson. Joined. It was Fast and Furious two. Exactly. And Too Fast Too Furious is actually, if you watch it as a Pretty romance terrible. story. It actually works with Paul Walker and Tyrese Gibson. Mm. They have a very nice flirtatious relationship. There's a lot of like physical contact between them two, and they they celebrate in very like happy ways. Almost like it's the relationship of two men not yet aware of their feelings for each other. It's fantastic. It's lovely. It's art. It's like a French film. So Vin Diesel, like, oh, I just need to shift gears. That's not the gear shifter. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> did you write the script? <laughs> Were you the person who was in the writing room and you went? What are we going to call no, this racing a... event? What are we going to call this racing event? And then you like stand up, and this is this is old you. So you've got your shaved head, and you've got your you've got your. T- <laughs> go, I've got it, guys. Race wars. It's been on my mind a lot recently. Everyone knows the Fast and Furious real films are written by a five year old. Wasn't one of them actually written by a five year old? Yeah, they're all written by a five year old. No, one of them was actually written by a five. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Was no, definitely. was it was it Fast and Furious that, that happened to, or was it something else? No, they're all written by five-year-olds. No, there was a, there was an actual, there was an actual thing that was like, um, what's the fucking film? What were you talking about? Anyway? anyway, I was talking about nobody saves the world. I really enjoyed it. I gave it a hell of a mirror. Jesus Christ! Yeah, and your Jesus review, titty fucking. Your review, Anne. Shall I talk about the Eternals? Yes, because I mean, it'll kill, kill some time, won't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Eternals is on Disney Plus now, which is the ideal place to watch it when you don't want to go to the cinema. Um, but I mean, no one saw it in the cinema, did they? It didn't do very well, and it got like bad reviews and stuff. Um, but it's not bad; it's pretty good. Is I, I think the problem is is that you get a lot of reviewers who their tick box for what they want from a Marvel film is they want to see character A meet character B. And the thing is with this film is that whilst it is 90% characters A, B, C through to E and F meeting up with other characters, it's not the characters that we already know. And people don't like that. 
Because as we saw from Spider-Man No Way Home, they liked it when the character Spider-Man met the character Doctor Strange. And then when the other Spider-Mans met Spider-Mans, that was really good. Wait, People what film are you that. talking about here? But in the Eternals, we don't know these characters. So when Icarus yep. meets Cersei. Cersei, we don't know who they are. Well, I knew who they were. Yeah, but no one reads Eternals. It's just, just fucking... I read the Eternals because... Let's face, film. This film only exists because they were going to make an Inhumans film and they gave up on it and they made the crappy series and then they were like, well, we got to do something cosmic because we've planned for some cosmic shit in the next arc. So then they shoehorn the Eternals in. Do you know what I like? I like the fact that they went, look, a lot of the fans of these comic book movies are very racist. So we need to make sure that whatever happens... A white guy is the main character. <laughs> so you start off with like, you've got um, Jon Snow as the white guy that you follow initially. Barely in it. you got him. To and I was like watching that going, what are they going to do? He's going to be a character. They're not going to put Jon Snow in this and not make him be something. And then you get that post credit scene. And I'm like, the fucking Black Knight yeah. of all, of all, he could have been Captain Britain. He's had a big <laughs> resurgence recently, Black Knight, have you know? Has he? Has yeah, Black he, Knight? He was a big part of, uh, he was a big part of the King Shitty Black event. Leftover for the, the Ebony Blade. So the Ebony Blade helped defeat, um, defeat Null, who is the god of the symbiotes. Um, he actually the met Black Knight Swordmaster. is a Prince Valiant insert character that someone met put into Swordmaster, Marvel which is a, who he's a character from China. Oh, this is really good. Did you get that on the Wikipedia? Is it that Black Knight met Swordmaster? No, right. I read the comic. It's absolute nonsense. And it turns out that Black Knight's powers may not be. But what's just important his about sword. that when he gets the Black Knight sword is that you hear a voice, and that's Blade, which means that Black Knight met Blade. Yeah, yeah. So now we know that Black Knight and Blade have met. Black Knight. Wow. <laughs> Well, now we know that... But anyway, The Eternals is better than that, though. That's the thing. The film's, like, actually got philosophical shit going on with it. Because it's, like, one of those ones that actually has internal conflicts as the driving force of the character's decisions. Of, you get rid of four of the Eternals, and this would be a better movie. No, it's, I like having all those Eternals. It's good. I, they're all split all over the place by the end of it, and I think that's kind of neat, because it's like a team movie where they're not really much of a team. Why'd they kill Don? What? The guy who played Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh? Hmm. Don, Don, Don Quixote. No, the, the guy's name is Don. Don. Don something, yeah. I don't know. Why'd they kill Gilgamesh? Gilgamesh was like the best character. Because he looks very similar to Benedict Wong. He Racism. does. He does look really like Benedict Wong. Do you think they went, look, Marvel's, like a lot of these comic book fans are mostly racist. Yeah. <laughs> we can't have two. They're going to think he's Shang-Chi. They're going to think he's Aquafina. Six foot tall, they're chubby think... Asian dudes with magical powers. It could be any one of those four. Hanging out with If they're other. all on screen, people will think it's another Spider-Verse. <laughs> Eternal... Comic book fans are super I liked Eternals, fans. though. There was like... Like people, it just—it was so vanilla. It's so bland. That's yeah, good. It's, it's good, not good. good conflict stuff. Good internal. Conflict. I, I like, mean, the central thematic of it is like you know, do, do you make your judgment choices on what you're going to do based on your faith or your morals? And that's what Icarus struggles with. He has that as a conflict. And the but thing they're is, they're robots. Yeah, but they—they've been living on the planet for years. But they're robots. Are they robots? Yeah. They're artificial still living things. synthetic beings. They're living well, beings. Well, no, they, they get wiped. That's what the mad weary is, isn't it? Yeah. It's like a it's like a side effect to them being wiped continuously. Well, it's, it's, a, it's them having too many memories. Yeah. But it's, it's, who cares? Like, the thing is... It's a, I feel mad weary. Story. Do you? Yeah. But no, the film's really solid, and I think pe- the people are overly harsh on it in the cinema. I mean, it's rated as like the, on Rotten Tomatoes, like the lowest rated Marvel film, hmm. and that's ridiculous. 
Because Iron Man 2 exists. For the Dark World exists. Friggin... For the Dark World is alright. For the Dark World is toilet. It's alright. Absolute toilet. It's alright. I've I've watched it twice now and I still can't remember what happened. That's right, after it was I remember story. all the bits with Darcy, again, and recently. I remember the bit where Four hangs his hand. You hammer. remember the bits with Darcy because you're a bloody pervert. Fucking <laughs> Cat Dennis is lovely. <laughs> I like I the end fight in that film. I think the end fight's pretty good. What happens in the end fight? There's... He uses the portals to fling his hammer around the place, and he's like literally fighting using whatever basically he can send through the portals, and then like he throws Malakef into the. Malakef's had a comeback as well, you know? What? <laughs> Malakef's had a comeback. Hmm. There was a War oh, of the Wait, Wha- that was Christopher War of- Eccleston. There was a War of the Realms event. Malekith got the Necroblade, right? What is this bullshit? <laughs> what is this bullshit you're talking about? Are you having a stroke? <coughs> Maybe. Malekith got the Necro Sword. She never explain what happens in comics. It's never never turns out good. And then uh, Punisher got a kill crew. It was made it. up of orcs and stuff. Orcs. Yeah. yeah. The, when he put, Did yeah. the Punisher have an off a glib remark about how unusual this is? No, he killed a bunch of gangsters. Yeah. And he was like, you, you orcs work for me. They were like, all right. And then he was... And they killed him. And then he finishes the whole story. He's like, holy shit, was I just working with orcs? Yeah. yeah. Orcs? It's- and he was going to say something really racist. I was going to say, it's orcs ways, the ones you don't expect. Mm. Um, yeah, the Eternals is all right. Like, I think that... My feelings of the Eternals have have went, like I, I was very sour on it before. It was just bland, and I was like, "Ugh." It's because you don't watch real films. But like, you know, by real directors, it's got Gal Gamesh in it. I like him. I like uh, what's the Irish chap's name? G something. The one who has like a really cute relationship with a deaf girl, where they like see each other, and he's just like he's signing to her and he's talking to her, and he's very sweet with her. Um, there are some characters I really like in this, but it just like. Think, she's really speedy, but she spent all the time staying in one place while everyone else was living around the world. Space. It was not in space. She was living in the spaceship. Yeah. The spaceship was underground. Oh, sorry. Yeah, but she just stayed there because she stayed in one place. Oh. Um, but yeah, I like it's ironic, don't you think? I liked that the guy who can control people's minds had a like a cold. His name's Druig. Druig. There you go. You know the names of the Eternals. These because are. I've, I've read loved, the comics. I've read the comics. Beloved well. Marvel characters. I've even read the comics, and I still don't remember that. their fucking names. Icarus is more interesting than comics because the Eternals in the comics they have like. Yeah, but John Madden's not interested in what his name is. John Madden. What's the name of the actor? Richard Madden. David Madden. <laughs> it's something Madden. <laughs> But um, in the comics, they have like, yeah, they have a chain where they basically come back. And also, it, one of the more interesting things about the comics that they didn't do in this, I didn't understand why, is the, uh, the what they call the divergence, the degenerates, or whatever they are. What are they called? D-something. I don't give a fuck. Um, they, they have evolved at this, like, because the Eternals are just human forever, the, the, the dissidents, dissidents, the, whatever they're called, they've evolved to look more and more human. They do in the film. Well, no, he evolves by killing people. Yeah, he gets the... No, point. but in the comics, they've just evolved to hide within people. But, like, you've still got ones that are angry. Maybe that's actually been happening behind the scenes and you don't know about but it yet. They, they've still got, like, small monstrous, like, personality traits and stuff like that. They wear, like, sunglasses still... and stuff Wait to until the sequels. Got... But anyway, so the comics are really interesting because they know the Deviants. The Deviants know the Eternals are going to come back in this thing. So they torture Icarus inside one of the regeneration things. So they, he's stuck in that place. Every time he comes back, he just comes back to the same thing. And they're torturing him for information. He just can't remember shit. 
And all the Eternals, basically, instead of them having been robots, they are synthetic, like, they are created How much by... stuff do you want a film that's two and a half hours long? Do you want more stuff I just it? want them to not have their memories so that they're slowly discovering who they are and what they are. Because, like, the whole thing in the comics is, that's interesting is that because they've decided that they're going to disband, they lose their memories and they just keep living these lives. And, like, it just resets over time. And it's nice to think that, like, they would try and be normal humans. Like, they yeah, but take if on, they like, don't do that, then the film isn't five hours long. They're robots. Everything was boring, Ant. Um, yeah, it's it's fine. I just... I, I don't like... I think Gemma Chan as Cersei is boring. I Gemma think, Chan's lovely. She's lovely. I just think that like it's a boring. She character. was already a character in Marvel. Yeah, she was. She was uh, one of the one of the Kree soldiers with Captain Marvel, wasn't yeah. she? Yeah. Um, I just wish that you know maybe a bit more of the horror ele- elements that the comics did really well that made them it's interesting. Gemma Chan related to Chris. Who's Chris Chan? Chris Chan. Who's that? You know Chris Chan. Everyone on the internet knows who Chris Chan is. No, because this is going to be one of those weird internet things that you say everyone knows, but I don't know because I don't follow weird shit on the internet like you do. Chris Chan did Sonic Sonic Chew. Who? Yeah, one day you're going to have to look up Chris Chan, and then you're going to regret it. So anyway, your review. No, one second. I'm done with the Eternals no, now. Yeah, you have what? To stop. No, 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 no. Who's your favourite Eternal? My, what? Who's your favourite Eternal? Um, Kelly Rowland. Is he dead, this Chris Chan person? He might be in jail now. For possibly time sister his mum. Oh, uh, it's wait. No, Chris Chan identifies as a female. So they. Be respectful. Anyway, you dumb. Oh, okay. This is just getting worse <laughs> as I go down. What is this? What's yeah, happened? Nothing, nothing. Chris, the more you look into Chris Chan, the worse it gets. Oh, and people on the internet and just they kept they kept making now there was some hilarious character on the internet one of the fame one of the famous internet characters and it gets worse and worse and worse charged with incest yeah Ugh. but anyway Ugh. what are you reviewing next what the fuck have you done to me what fun uplifting thing are you reviewing next oh jesus fucking christ Dan. what is going on there all right, well, uh, that's that's horrible. Um, okay, well, uh, I'm going to review Ozarks Series 4, <laughs> Part 1, because that's just as light and fun as what... Well. Ah, it's just made me look at you, fucking cunt. What is that? Trans rights are still human rights. I don't give a fuck. If there's one bad trans person, it doesn't mean that every trans person is bad. That one just happens to be a trans, a horrible, horrible trans person. They are obviously deeply, deeply troubled. Um, yeah, okay, so a little bit deeply troubled. Jeez. Um, so yeah, Ozark season four returned. The the episodes uh, dropped two days ago, and I've watched all of them, or a day ago, two days ago, I think. I've watched every single one of the first. Well, it's the first half of the final season. So it's season four. Um, last we left the Bird family, they were setting up a new money laundering scheme using um, casinos, the cartel, and drug trade. Um, and Marty was just in ever escalating situations. Use NFTs now. That's actually brought up in the series. Oh shit! Um, so, um, so yeah, really, really interesting. Like it, it feels like um, it feels a lot like Breaking Bad, uh, but it's the quality has just remained throughout. Whereas Breaking Bad, you had episodes that, like, sometimes they were good, sometimes they were, like, fantastic. 
there'd always be a few that people just didn't really like. Um, with this, just all of it across the board is incredible. And we're getting to the point now where everyone's sort of grown in these roles. Because it's been, I think it's been around since 2016, 2015, it's when it been first started. Too long. Um, and the kids have grown up. And Marty Bird, who was the person who was money laundering in the first season, the one who got him into this trouble, his son has started doing like a low key, like smaller money laundering thing using cryptocurrency as a way of transferring money and stuff and like keeping accounts moving at all times. And uh, and they find this out, and Laura Linney is like, don't tell me you're fucking impressed by this. And he's like, he's 14. And she's like, don't tell me you are fucking impressed by this. He's 14 years old, and he's money laundering like this. This is great. And it's the whole family is basically... But they're proud. <laughs> he is. Marty is actually proud. But the family's sort of falling apart. There are, like, a lot of cracks appearing in the family dynamic. And whereas, like, they always appeared to be a unified front once, like, they knew the danger they were in, so in that first series... As time's gone on, like the 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 o like the the overwhelming issue now is Laura Linney is willing to do anything. The actress. Yeah, yeah. She plays um she plays the wife. Well, she plays Laura Linney, so Laura Linney was <laughs> the problem. Laura Linney's character, oh. I apologise. She's gotten to a point where she is willing to do anything to either retain really. power or or get power. And it's become now um, this thing where she is looking to start a political career to sort of vie for control of the area because she's just she's a very devious person, very intelligent. Do all the Ozark fans hate her? No, 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 no. No, I think that she's probably also the most interesting. No. But she's making moves in this series to make herself an enemy of everyone else in the family. No. Like, um, there are a lot of people that are dead because of her. Her brother in the last season, she had him killed because he was bipolar. He had gone off his meds and he was basically threatening to reveal everything they were up to, which would mean the cartel would take them out. It would basically mean that there'd be police, there'd be cartel, there'd be the local hillbilly gangsters. Like all of them could potentially have a reason to kill the the Bird family. And her brother was... Maybe they should be dead. I mean, that's that's one of the things that's brought up in this. Like you are, you are at, at times asking yourself... Laura Linney's character are doing these things to her own family to to the best of her interests but she is asking questions like if I was to if someone was at 14 year, years old money laundering and caught money laundering what would that affect them when they're 18 and like she's asking her lawyer could we make sure that that's not revealed could we make sure that like this person's life not affected like willing to put her own son into prison or into the probation system or into like juvenile system just to make sure he's not causing a fuss, he's not doing stuff that's going to interfere with her plans, and it like questions like that start coming up more and more, and like the way that she does shit as well is just fucking cruel. And they've come up against someone who is almost as cruel as she is, called Havi, who is the uh, relative of the cartel leader that they're dealing with, and the cartel leader they're dealing with is is like a firm, incredibly like incredibly dangerous person but they are also playing by their rules does Jason Bateman say anything um, sardonic and witty not so much in the series he does do a lot of like he does a lot of the the Jason Bateman thing that does happen in some of the films that he's in where he he has a moment where he's nervous and he's like reacting to something and then suddenly like that flip of the switch he drops the act just like well what did I expect he drops the act Mm. no like there's one instance where the cartel leader is on the phone to him and he says, 
I need this done within the next three days, Marty. And he goes, look, your impatience has already caused us enough issues, so stop fucking telling me there are time limits to how long it takes for me to do something. I will tell you those time limits. And then he puts the phone down. And, like, you you see him in the first series and everything he's doing is at the whim of the cartel. Like, everything he's doing, he's like, yes, I'll do this, yes, I'll do this. He even loses a toe at one point because, like, they're trying to torture well, information. balance. Yeah, you can't stand probably if you don't have a little toe. Yeah. That's according to Peacemaker. I thought you haven't watched it. No, but that's a fact. It's a fact. No, it's only if you lose the part below the knuckle of the toe. So the part that, that the actual side. Yeah, yeah. You can't stand properly. Yeah, yeah. But if you just lose the tip of your toe. Oh, do they not go under the... You've got to mess up his balance. (laughs) Anyway. learn. So, yeah. So, and there's like a lot of characters in this that have suffered at the hand of the the birds and suffered at the hand of other people. There's one person in particular called Darlene, who in the first series is like the hillbilly heroine queen. She and her husband are running heroin in this area. It's incredibly lucrative. And there are, at this point, pharmaceutical reasons for the birds to be involved in that. But Darlene, who is a very fucking... Um, a, a very sort of like... Um, she's she's just so easy to trip up and willing to kill. She kills people for saying the wrong thing. She kills people for just, you know, insisting that she pays back debts. She kills people for like no reason. And she's become very volatile in this series. And that leads to a shocking final episode in this first ah. part. And it just, the whole, like, if you've been watching Ozark since the beginning, you're you're expecting this to happen season two, maybe season three. But the fact she's stuck around so long and she's endured so much is, is because of her popularity as a character within this. She is, she is so often the antagonist to situations just because of her stubbornness, but also because of her power. She can't be taken out. She always has to be there like as like a consequence of dealing with this area that's so horribly affected by the opioid crisis because that's kind of the thing as well they keep saying like the Ozarks is is one of the worst hit areas for the opioid crisis which is why they've got such a flush of heroin going in and out of the places because opioids lead to heroin because it is an opioid but the opioids lead to heroin abuse so it's incredibly lucrative to have these things mm, going on it's a good business model <laughs> But yeah, really fucking loving it. Mm-hmm. I, I can't wait for the second part of the season. I wish maybe I hadn't just watched it all in a couple of days, but I couldn't. You know, it's one of those series where you, you go, I'm not going to watch another episode. I'm just going to turn it off. And then you end up watching another episodes. I've already rewatched a couple of the episodes from this season just because I want, wanted to see a certain like couple of character interactions and things like that. And it just, it's so, so because good. you fell asleep when you were watching it the first No, 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 time. like, there's there's a particular character called called Free, who's one of the family that um, that Roof is part of. And, uh, and he's he's in one scene, and he's like, I'm going to the wedding. And then you see him, and you're like, wait, did that guy just cut his hair? Oh, no, it's a different person entirely to the one I thought it was. Like, I'm going to the wedding. It's like, yeah, you're getting married. And it's like, oh, no, that's a different character entirely. <laughs> they haven't got their hair. Same hair. Different character. Fine. Yeah, this is this is fucking Have incredible. Have you been on the opioids? Yeah. 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 What of it? Yeah. What? Yeah. What? 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 Been on the opioids. Stop judging me. No, Ozark season season four, part one. Fucking incredible. Is if there you, a bit where John when um He goes, Well that's a thing. Where Jason Bateman sings, yeah, he goes, well, that's um, a thing. afternoon delight with his daughter. No. Oh. No. He does transform into a werewolf and become the head of the basketball team. Sweet. Yeah. No, boxing team. Sorry, he was in Team Wolf 2. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's weird, isn't it? 
That's like boxing kangaroos. Like that's a different type. Was it boxing in the second one? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nowadays it'd be UFC. Yeah. Or wrestling. Mm-hmm. Not wrestling. It'd be UFC. They still do. And wrestling. they'd get Dana White to do a cameo, and they'd actually like UFC would actually be official thing in it. <laughs> We've got a fucking wolf, fucking really Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar's dead. <laughs> he turned his fucking face off. Brock Lesnar's not in UFC anymore. He is. No, he's not. He's in WWE. Yeah, he's still in UFC as well. He's in UFC matches for years. Yeah, but he's still in it. He uh, still holds a title, I think. Uh, no? Uh, get with the programme. I haven't watched UFC in a long time. No one does. Well, yeah, no one does because it's less interesting nowadays. No. Yeah. It's become a bit like wrestling. They, they should just give them knives. No, they should just bring, like, they should just actually have decent fighters. That'd be good. Storylines, table matches. No, you don't need anything like that. Um, Daniel yeah. Cormier's... Actually, I watched a couple of Daniel Cormier's recent fights, and he's good. But, you know, other than that, just nothing. Chair shots. John Bones Jones. He's broken his legs again. He's on cocaine. <laughs> I think that was John Bones Jones. Or Joe Alvarez. Yeah. It's been a long time. Anyway, yeah, Ozark, season four, part one. Uh, yeah, it's, it's Tom Atkins. But I love this series. Um, if you like Breaking Bad, you need to watch Ozark. It's just fucking incredible. Um, the one thing I will say as well is that um, be prepared to watch a TV show that is often very dark. They don't seem to know how to light anything. Everything has like this blue tone to it, and it's very dark. But for the most part, that's how you know it's serious. That's how you know it's serious. Yeah, you gotta get the serial colours. All right, and your review. <laughs> All right, there's no need for that. Speaking of serious stuff, yeah. I watched um, Kamen Rider Saber and Zenkaija Superhero Senkin. I thought you were saving something big. Yeah, this was big. This is the joint 45th anniversary of Super Sentai and 50th anniversary of Kamen Rider movie. Because they started five years apart, so their anniversaries are in sync. It's also 60th anniversary of Ultraman this year. Oh, is it? Last year, rather. But anyway, this is a big movie. It came out last summer. It was a big crossover between Kamen Rider and Super Sentai. But... um, it was just a big thing to celebrate the lineage of those two shows, both started by Shotaro Ishinomori, who did um, Cyborg 009. Do you remember Cyborg 009, the anime? No. It's an anime. Is this another thing like Chris Chan? Am I going to Google it? It's just going to be a bunch of no, people's No, it's on Netflix. You can, watch, you can watch it on Netflix. There's um, Cyborg 009 versus Devilman as well. Oh, cool. Yeah. But anyway, um, so Shotaro Ishinomori was a great artist who did all this stuff. He designed, a whole, he designed the original Go Rangers for Super Sentai and worked as a producer on that, and he designed loads of the old Carmen um, Riders early on, and a bunch of other stuff, loads of superhero things all around. And this film is like, it's kind of non-canon, because even though they had like a crossover in the TV show, none of the characters recognise each other, so I'm assuming this is entirely non-canon. But what happens is, there's like a villain, and in Carmen Rider Saber, they get storybooks, and the storybooks give them powers, so it's like Jack and the Beanstalk gives him some sort of plant-based power, shit like that. I don't know, something like that. I haven't watched Saber, it's not very good. Yeah. But um, someone's got hold of the forbidden storybooks and you see the forbidden storybooks are actually the books that are like the chronicles of each Super Sentai and Kamen Rider. Mm. And he's taken them and he started ripping pages out and mixing them together and breaking the worlds down and the characters start shooting around between different stories. So they end up in like Journey to the West and like old samurai stories and stuff like that. And different Super Sentai and Kamen Rider characters are all mixing together and stuff's going weird and they're not sure what's going on. And the whole time there's this little kid who keeps drawing. Yeah. And he's like, these heroes, I like these heroes, but they're not the heroes I want to draw. 
Um, and it all leads about to this whole big old thing where the villain's basically manipulating this kid who is actually, spoilers for this film, he's actually the young Shotaro Ishinomori. Who? who created... I explained it a minute ago. Um, who created Super Sentai and Kamen Rider. Yeah. And his plan is to get the kid to give up his dreams of drawing and all this sort of stuff and creating heroes so that Super Sentai and Kamen Rider never come, never come into existence. Because the idea is, is that, oh, they all exist within a story. So now the characters have the possibly like life-changing, reality-break-shaking knowledge that they exist in stories that their their worlds aren't real and that they're just test shows on TV. Um but they're fine with it. Because as long as it's you know as long as they're alive or something, they could be heroes. I don't know. But it's it's a nice basically a tribute to the guy who came up with Carmen Rider and Super Sentai, who died like in nineteen ninety nine. Um so he never got to see like Carmen Rider return. He never got to see his last show, which was um Voice Lugger get made, which Voice Lugger was fun bit more sort of adult, sort of sort of done as a bit more of a serious drama thing. Um, but, you know, it's a big old tribute to him. And there's all this... Like, it's got a whole bunch of the Carmen Riders and Super Sentais, and you see them all doing their poses, and a couple of the actors return to do little cameos here and there, especially the more recent ones, because cheaper to get them. Um, you know, cheaper to get them than when they're really famous, because that's, yeah. that's a problem with Carmen Rider. They keep launching stars who become really famous and then can't afford to get them back. What a silly thing um, to do. Yeah. But I thought it was a really nice thing. It was kind of touching. It goes all existential for a while. There's like a whole sequence where reality's completely been destroyed and the villains are ruling the world in a world where no heroes ever existed. So they can just trash everything as much as they like. And meanwhile, you've got the Carmen Rider Sabre character who fancies himself as a writer. That's his thing in that show. I haven't watched it. It's not very good. <laughs> um I like that. I haven't watched it. Not very good. Moving on. I've watched two episodes and they were both kind of pants. Oh. Lifeless, dull episodes. Um, But, like, he's a writer and he basically, in this weird existential neverwhere, which is a bit like, you know, like, I mean, they love that in Japanese anime where it's all white and stuff's going weird. And I read a short... Like 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 the end of Evangelion, not the anime. Yeah. The end of Evangelion, the last two episodes of the series. Where it's all weird existential weirdness. I watched. A, I, I say I watched. Um, Shonen Jump have like one shots. They have like short story collect. Like you can read basically short stories that have been published in Shonen Jump magazines. Mm. And one of them is the artist. I think for Chainsaw Man, if I'm not mistaken, That's... or the the manga cover for Chainsaw Chainsaw Man, the guy who created it. Um, he writes a story about these two girls who are basically competing for like. Um, they have like a student magazine every week and they have a manga strip in the student magazine that like basically anyone can write a, a manga strip and then put it in there. And this girl writes one and then another girl that she never met who who is homeschooled but is technically linked to that school because they're in the prefectory. Mm. Um, they basically just compete. And like the girl who doesn't go to school draws these amazing cartoons and stuff. And the other one like is struggling to keep up and struggling to get better. And it's about their friendship and how they're like linked and stuff and how like... They give each other strength and it gets to a point where they're both going off to college. And the girl who's very withdrawn, who's been homeschooled, gets a place in a college and goes there. And on that day, someone comes into the school and just starts stabbing students randomly. Like a, like a terrorist attack, basically. But it's just a random guy from the street. Um, starts stabbing students and she finds out that her friend died. And then like the manga that she starts writing, the manga that the story becomes, is an alternate telling of that. And so the style changes to this like beautiful art style where it's like, the girl who gets stabbed, they never met 
Instead, they're both going to the same college, and the guy who comes in with the knife, he gets swiftly dispatched by this kung fu superheroine who turns out to be the girl who was trying to keep up with this manga car. who's amazing. Um, and, and beats the shit out of him because she did gym instead. It right sounds like the new anime from the director of Your Name. It does it? It sounds like something she'd do. Oh, but um, but yeah, then it's like basically you just see at the end that she's just like dealing with her grief. It'll be the next big anime that's a huge hit in Japan and has I a, liked your name. has a pop song over the end credits. Wasn't it Weathering with You was the follow up to that? Yeah, yeah, that was good as well. But your name has a song going. Zen 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 It's one of those weird like manga comics is very. They love that stuff about artists and things in in Japan. Yeah. Um, so they do that. They, they do that with the Carmen Rider stuff every now and again. They yeah. reference the actual real life stuff. They had like they had like an animated Carmen Rider in one episode based on the manga comic that came oh, in, cool. in one movie. And it's just a little sequence where like he rips out of a manga page and draws little anime draw. Well, he's not anime, but he's drawn like the Matt comic. Yeah, art. it's really cool. But um, no, it, it's, yeah, but look, Super Senki, really good. It's a big crowd pleaser thing. Lots of fun. Um, the Senkai just kind of play second fiddle for a lot of it but they they they're sort of they were the younger team at the time I guess yeah um and it's not about them is it well it's it's both lots but like at that point Zenkai has only been on for a short while and um Carmen Rider Saber was nearly ending yeah so it was they, that always happens because they start six months apart but um so most a lot of it's on the Saber team Guys, but you, you still get plenty of the Zenkaija guys. It's just they their characters aren't as developed at that point. So, um, but no, it was a really solid show. It was just a really solid film. Just like hour and a half long, just nice, quick. You know, they they punch some monsters, loads of classic monsters. It sounds like it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Bit bit sort of meta. Yeah, like like the Matrix Revolutions. <laughs> well, I think it's hard not to be meta when you're talking about the creator of the series and their yeah. like inspiration for drawing and stuff. And he's all like, "I think I'm gonna draw superheroes. Like yeah. I want to draw." The whole bit with existential is quite neat though, because they've basically they've shot in a green screen. They've got like a tiny little part of the room, mm. and it's like you know when you get one of those stage productions where they've just got a minimal set. Yeah, it's like that, but the camera's like shooting them in this room, and it's constantly moving the whole way through the conversation mm. and all the background around them instead of just being like a white void or something is like a 3d representation of what that room would be but it doesn't sync up on purpose it's not like bad effects um it doesn't sync up to where they're moving and stuff so it'll zoom in when they're not moving and it'll zoom out and it's like takes this weird otherworldly effect where like they're just in a regular house like and they're on a couple of tatami mats but the rest of the room's mats are all moving out of place and out of relation to, to what they're on it's so cool. a really weird way to represent a dream world but it's quite cool and you know he'll be thinking about characters who he's lost in the past and stuff like that and they'll be there like in the background and all this really really good and then there's a big fight at the end where all the heroes come well, back every single fight. every single Red Ranger oh, every cool. single Tommy Carmen Rider there's Super Sentai's, not oh. them. Okay. But they all get a moment where it's like, Carmen Rider. It's like, I'm Tommy. Black RX. I don't think Shin gets one. I think they skipped over Shin. Oh, right. He didn't have a theme song, though. So Why don't have Shin Carmen Rider in there? He's there. He He's in it. like a thing. But I don't think he has a moment to pose. I'm pretty sure he didn't. He comes out nowhere and goes, bleh, bleh. Yeah. But everyone else got the little pose down. But, um, no, nah, it was just a good time. Just a, just a good time. Just, 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 good time. Thing is, it's like, I like that. 
it's cool, but you know, there's another anniversary coming up soon. I'm getting pretty excited for that. It seems like they've got an anniversary every other yeah. fucking week. Well, they're doing a 10th anniversary movie of Carmen Rider O's, which is really cool because one of the guys from Carmen Rider O's, mm. who plays a character called Ank, yeah. um, is really famous now in Japan. Oh. So they've spent probably a ton of money to get him back. Apparently, he actually just loved doing the show and he's happy to just keep coming back and doing it. I like it. it when people are like that. But, um, yeah, he's like, like one of those guys who's like one of the top Japanese musicians and yeah. actors right now. But um, yeah, they've done a 10th anniversary one to cap it off because the show ends with this whole one of them dies and they promise that they're going to meet again someday. He'll restore him using magic. And there, was one, little, back, there was one little tease a few years ago where they got to sort of hang out together briefly, but it was sort of like a magical thing. Oh, right. But now so they're doing potentially. Now they're right. doing the full film. Oh, cool. The full, you know, 10th anniversary. And I want to see what it's like, because the Kamen Rider and Super Sentai films have been pretty great recently. Hmm. I think they've put a lot of effort into them because they haven't been able to, like, work on the shows as fluidly as normal and they've had more time to develop the films. They're not making as many, it seems. Yeah, well, that's probably something to do with the pandemic. Yeah, but I want to see the Kamen Rider O's movie. But Superhero Senki, good stuff. Yeah, cool. Congratulations. Uh, You can pirate it on the internet. Have you read Ultra Mega yet? You haven't, have you? What the fuck is Ultra Mega? I'll send it to you. I don't know what that is. I'm not interested. It's a comic. You'll like it. It's like an Ultraman style thing, but it's... But if... there was an Ultraman comic recently. No, no, but this Marvel is like, did one. This is a different thing. Um, okay, my last review. I'm going to talk about Rainbow Six Extraction. Mm. The new Rainbow Six game released a few days ago on Xbox Game Pass. Where are you extractioning it from? My anus. There you go. Talking about bombs again. No, it's the town in America. The yeah. Jackass crew went there. Oh, yeah. There's a waste disposal unit in my anus. Yeah. Um, yeah, Rainbow Six Extraction. It's, it's um, if you played Siege, you probably probably got the right idea. It's a team-based shooter. But um, instead of you fighting another team of people, you are um, basically fighting back an infectious disease that's that's caused uh, caused a bunch of people to turn into monsters. And you have to do things like take out nests and and um, put trackers on on monsters or do biopsy, which is where you. Wait, what's this got to do with Rainbow Six? This is the game. What? Yeah. But Rainbow fully... Six is yeah. Military guys yeah, running yeah, yeah, into yeah, a yeah. building. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this the game that people have been playing for the last five years, and this is what they want from a sequel? Yeah. Uh, is it? Almost... Well, you know what, um, and this might surprise you, but it's actually really good. Um, it's not what you're thinking. So you're probably thinking of a Left 4 Dead style thing where you go. You're not around. thinking Rainbow Six, like see, it is. It is very similar to Rainbow Six games that have come in the past. Maybe not the multiplayer ones, but the single they didn't player have zombies. stuff. Zombies. No, but they had. It's just objective based. It's essentially the same sort of game as you played before, but replace the terrorists with these different variants of these like monsters, and they're not zombies. They are more like alien creatures. Don't say the Z word. So like. Imagine, imagine like before you'd have to hack a thing. In this one, you've just got to destroy. Like, so in the first couple of Rainbow Six games, you had things like destroy the chemical drums to prevent them making bombs. It was all stuff like you had to break into houses. Yeah, in the first you break one. into houses and you go and, and you, you, save, to, you save hostages. You have to plan what route your team members yeah. are going to go through. So you could have like which one's going to burst through the windows or and smash it's like the that. door it's down. Like, it is like that. Small areas. They're not like massive sprawling levels. They're small areas, and you've got objectives to complete, and then you get to an ex, you get to an exit point, and then you go on to the next objective. 
And if you want, you can choose to leave the level early. And if you leave the level early, you leave with the XP you've got at that point, but you don't complete the other objectives. So you don't get like a completion bonus and things like that. No. And it is like, it's simple shit like you've got to go in and you've got to destroy these nests. And nests are like glowing things on the wall or on the floor or, you know, hidden in little areas like in kitchens around the around behind the cabinet. And like you just go in and you destroy them. And then you've got like tagging where you go up to the same sort of nests, but you put like a, chi- a tagging chip on them. And then they it dies, but like basically the tagging chip is there is to like trace what the face Based on is. Tom Clancy's real experiences. At this point, after Wildlands, where you fought a predator, you're yeah. still asking, is this based on Tom Clancy's original? Are they like besmirching Tom Clancy's good Who name? Who gives a fuck at this point? He's dead, isn't he? There was um years ago there was a thing where apparently he wanted to get the license off of Ubisoft. Really? Because he wasn't happy with what they were doing. What, with was it shit. Hawks that broke the camel's back? Maybe. Was it Hawks? It might have been... Um, what was the one we had to shout words at the thing to make the war happen? I don't know. <laughs> Rainbow Six Shouter? There was End end War... Oh, Ghost Warrior. No, there was there was a strategy game. Yeah, Ghost Warrior... Oh, it was a strategy game. Ghost yeah. Warrior, you had commands. It was voice control. The entire yeah. game... There was a, there was, <coughs> I, I think it was End War. Oh, maybe it was, that. maybe it was. And it was yeah. entirely voice controlled. Yeah, because End War was an RTS. Yeah, and you could zoom yeah. right out and you could go from like the battleground and you zoom out and you'd go to like a, yeah, 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 yeah. the um, war room. Yeah. Where you can't fight and you're not allowed to fight in the war room. You're not allowed to fight in the war room. No, because it's a reference to... To how I... Yeah, Dr. Strange. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, like, it's... Um, but the game itself, it's really simple. It's really fun. The objectives aren't too difficult. Um, you get different... Sorry, excuse me. You do get different difficulty levels, so you can make it more of a challenge if you want to. But the base game, if you want to just go in, do a couple of objectives, and then leave, you can do that as well. And like some of them are really fun. Like there's one where you have to catch a sample of like a big like boss style monster. So the way you have to do it is you have to like basically go towards the area he's in and just play play like a little bit of um, matador. So you have to shoot him and get him to chase you, and then as soon as you get him to the like the landing pad thing, they get captured. And it's just a really fun little game where you're trying to, like, navigate. I mean, obviously, if you're doing it tactically, you can stealth around, take out all the nests and all the bad guys in the area, and then get him to chase you. But if you accidentally go around the corner and he's just there and he kicks off, you can then run back towards the uh, run back towards the area and just try and do it as speedy as possible. There's um, there's no answer to my question on here. What's that? Um, is Rainbow Six Extraction what Tom Clancy would have wanted? Well, that's because it was. <laughs> Clearly it was. What, well, well, like Tom Clancy didn't just write military stuff, did he? He wrote some like horror and shit. I bet he, he probably did a romance novel under a pen name. I guarantee. I guarantee Tom Clancy has a series of erotic like, romance novels. He's got like he's probably done like a bunch of shit. Like you can't say that this wasn't what he wanted. <laughs> Zombies. Yeah. Horror story. I doubt he did. Tom, Tom Clancy. Clancy's work include inspired. Uh... Yeah, he was a big fan of baseball. (laughs) And zombies like baseball. He was 66 when he died. Yeah, it's because he probably had a lot of pork. Oh, look, here you go. He wrote techno thrillers. That could be horror. Did he? Yeah, spy fiction, crime fiction, realistic fiction, military fiction. (laughs) This is historical fiction. He was married twice. Do you think possibly he was part of an American propaganda effort to promote the military through the mediums of films, books, television, video games, and stuff like that, to make an impressionable young audience want to join up to the army. Oh, he's a conservative. And now that they're 
doing all the science fiction stuff and monsters and all that sort of thing is to get to the sort of stuff that young kids like. No, what I'm was- saying is the next Tom Clancy's game is going to be set in a haunted Freddy Fazbear's. I mean, he's very right wing. Yeah. Uh, he went on Bill O'Reilly's show, so probably a rapist. Let's not besmirch this man's name, though. Let's just talk about some of the famous stuff that he's done in video games, like Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six, Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon, Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell, the eponymous End War that killed him, um, which really was the End War, wasn't it? That really took yeah. him out. Um, Tom Clancy's Hawks, that was a year later. The Division... Yeah, you don't. Think I played that, the division. Yeah, the division was definitely what he he envisioned when he was writing stuff. Yeah, and Tom Clancy's Elite Squad, which is a mobile phone game. When are they going to release like a Splinter Cell aimed at toddlers? They've already done that, have they? Yeah, like a play school, like play, like you know, like how to do rescue bots with Transformers, yeah. like that big chunky <coughs> Sam Fisher. <coughs> He's got little lights on his hat. So the Rainbow Six team. It's the same. I think it's the same squads or operators as they call them in the uh, in Siege. It's the same characters from that, but they're now in this displaced into this horror. horror it's, <clears throat> like I said, it's simple enough that it's fun. It's pick up and play. You can complete a level in like fifteen minutes, so it's great for like a quick little sit down game. Um, the only thing that I will say is that like um, graphically, it's like it it doesn't look amazing, but it's still you know. Still looks really nice. It runs really well. I played on the Xbox. I gave it a go on the Xbox One X because I fixed my one recently. And I just wanted to see if it still worked properly. Um, and yeah, on that, it looks great as well. Um, you see the difference in frame rate and stuff like that, but it's not massive. <laughs> but yeah, all in all, really enjoyed it. I think I'm going to keep playing it. Um, this is the, the most interesting part about this review has been the fact that we talked about Tom Clancy being dead and some of the shit he's done. He hasn't done anything. He's I'm going to pivot. Let's talk about Yellow as Jackets. Far as, as far as like... I'm going to pivot. This is boring. No, fuck no. it. Yellow Jackets. No. I'm going to talk about Yellow Jackets. You were talking about Tom Clancy. Nah, fuck it. I can't be bothered. I can't be bothered. The Bill O'Reilly thing has stung me. I don't want to talk about Tom Clancy anymore. I don't want to praise him for he, his... He was a conservative He was fellow. a fucking cunt. Anyway, I don't think Yellow Jackets. This has pissed, this pissed Tom Clancy off as well, so this is making me feel better already. Uh, uh, Yellow Jackets, it's, uh, it's alive, but with high school girls who play football and they, they, they crash in the Canadian wilderness instead of the Alaskan wilderness or wherever Didn't it was. Didn't you Yellow Jackets last time? No, just the series only finished last well, week. I've definitely heard you talk about this bullshit. Yeah, I've talked about it on the podcast before, but it's, the first season is finished. Oh. And, uh, and, and it's great. It's fucking incredible. There's cannibalism, Juliette Lewis, Christina Ricci's in it. Um... Just a bunch of girls trapped in the woods. One of them froze to death in the finale. It's quite sad. It was also very creepy. There are hints that there's something supernatural going on, but it's very much like the stuff they have to deal with is very much linked to actual survival, actual like real life situations. And there's also a hint that like people are trying to jeopardize each other at every turn. At first, you think it's Have misty. Have about just leaving and going home? They've tried to. So they did try to like go on an expedition where they walked. Because you know, like. In in Canada, they've got like hundreds of miles of wilderness. Yeah, yeah, like and it gets bitterly cold. Head south. And people die there. Um, basically, the girls at one point do decide that they're going to travel out. They go out and they've got like they basically there's a team of five that just decide they're going to walk. And I think it's like a few miles away from camp. They get attacked by wolves in the night because one of them falls asleep instead of watching the fire. 
So the fire goes out and one of them well, gets The fire's boring. They watch Netflix. Um, and it's and it's fucking, like, it's, it really is incredible. It's set during the 90s, the, the part where they're younger, and it flashes forward to when they're older and dealing with the ramifications of what happened. One of the one of the characters has become a politician. One of them has become like a nurse, and and it's hinted at that she has like some sadomasochistic, or at least some some um uh, what's the what's the word what's the word for someone who's super controlling and weird and like they they uh not a sycophant. What am I thinking about? Anyway, so she like it's hinted at that she's like potentially either killing patients or just just really abusive to the patients or just parasocially she's a Harold Shipman kind of like Harold Shipman yeah Mm. Um, but yeah like all in all like it's really cool to see it and Juliette Lewis is fucking incredible she in in the um, in the flashback she plays like a punky girl who like has grown up in poverty they have them play themselves as no 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 no, no. so it's two different characters it's not a Michael C. Hall no 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 no, no. situation it's two different characters and they like they do play really well Dexter with a wig yeah they do play really well like I think that it was very much like um, what was the thing where they had to hang out with their younger self it's a bit like It you know like in It where they had yeah. the older characters hang out with the younger characters pick up mannerisms and stuff like that um, and it, like they do play really well as the as the different time periods um, and there's like loads of stuff like at one point they're being blackmailed and because someone's a political uh, they're running in politics they sort of have to quash that as quickly as possible and they have like pro- professional teams stopping that from coming out and then other shit's revealed and like there are a set of diaries that one character was writing whilst they were in the woods. There's also one of the teens is pregnant, and that baby's definitely dead. And since in the first episode it opens up oh, to us, oh, you think so, eh? In the first episode, it hints. Well, what well, it doesn't hint. We see someone getting killed and eaten. We don't see their face. Oh. We just see someone tracked down, killed and eaten, and the people that eat her because they're out there for eighteen months. So yeah. in the first series, we only see the first few months of them surviving out there and trying to find I'm ways sure to the save. The baby them. didn't get raised by wolves, and then the baby's going to come. Mowgli, back. it's Mowgli. The baby's going to come. Canadian Mowgli, Mowgli. Yeah, be like, hey, mom, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm part wolf now. Um, it's really fucking good though. Really, really good. Um, Juliet Lewis is probably Bateman. the standout in this because she is fucking nuts, but at the same time, she is absolutely determined at any at any point to like. Just either shut shit down to stop someone getting their secrets out, or just you know do whatever she can what to secrets? avoid dealing with her addiction. If you stuck in the wilderness and you do a you do a bit of cannibalism, people aren't going to hold it against you. It's not just cannibalism though; they do murder. Yeah, it's okay. They do murder and cannibalism. if you're out in the wilderness and you've been crashed in a plane or whatever, you're fine. <coughs> Mitigating think, circumstances. I think that 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 would be the case if they immediately came out and they said we did what we had to do, and like there may have been a little bit of cannibalism. But is what's there a bit where they is, stumble across Liam Neeson? What's happened is that immediately after they left, immediately after they left, like because they were kids, mm. none of the shit got released. Uh. It was all on lockdown. The people that did survive, they survived and were found. But the problem is that because it's been 20 years since that happened, and because it's been years of people constantly asking them what happened, and there's it's this. It's been more than 20 years. Juliet Lewis isn't in her mid 30s. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it might have been 30 years. But because it's been such Christina a... Christina Ricci could still play. Oh, she's very hot. Um, she's she's really hot in this as well. Mm. Um, she's got curly hair. Um, she's got a hair short these days. I'm a victim of curly hair. I mm. fucking love it. Uh, but anyway, so... Um, Melanie Linsky in it as well. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I like she, Melanie Linsky. She was great in... Um, in uh, Everything she's up. ever been in. But in this... <laughs> but in particular, her, her arc is great because she doesn't get involved in the main, like... 
stresses like she she knows what's going on about like blackmail and stuff like that but she's got her own shit going on and she's so distracted by that and the fact that she thinks her husband's having an affair that she doesn't really get properly involved and then at one point she's like i killed someone <laughs> like that. it's like and she just suddenly becomes this like point of everything going wrong but yeah yellow jackets is phenomenal it's really is some of the best tv i've watched in a very long time and that's even when thinking about Ozark and stuff Tom like Clancy's that. Yellow Jackets. Yeah, Tom Clancy's Yellow Jackets. Yeah. Um, the only thing that like a lot of people have said is like, oh, there's too many gay teens. There's one gay couple, you fucks. There's a gay guy in it, and there is a gay couple, which is two girls that were interested in each other before this happened. And because they have lost their minds and they're trapped in the wilderness and they're doing whatever they can to survive or have some semblance of joy in the situation they're in, they are very much together together. Sweet. Um, but like they don't uh, ever keep yourselves warm at no point are they ever like hot like heavy handedly talking about this the character or one of the characters I should say one of the characters in the future has a wife and you know she's very very happy but we don't see we don't see what's happened to the other character and like a, a part of a series like this is obviously that they've done their TV map and they say that they've got like five seasons of content, so we'll see. Yeah, content. yeah, sure. So like, like when Lost happened, and they said, "Oh, we got five seasons." I of think Lost that, planned out. I think that some of the shit that they've done in here has been pulled back because of what happened with Lost. Like, like I said, one character freezes to death, and you see, like, does she? They have they have like a goodbye moment where they go into the cabin and it's really warm, and someone's hands are hot chocolate. And she sits down, and then one of the characters who dies in early in the series comes over and just goes like, goes like, it doesn't feel as bad as you thought it did, does it? And she's like, what? Wait, what? You- oh no! And then like another character goes, don't worry, stay warm. And it's another character that died. And in the background, coming out of the storeroom, and the storeroom is like a place where they lock people when they dissent. So like when they like when they go against the group's wishes, or when they're kicking up a fuss, they lock them in the storage cupboard. And the storage cupboard's open, and then coming out of the storage cupboard is just this black an earthly figure and you're like oh should she go to hell <laughs> she's, she's not going to a good place but there are like hints of like it's either it's either the psychological influence of the environment there are mushrooms that they consume a couple of times no you would so there are like hints that it could be either psychological damage to what's happened or it could be psychosomatic or it could be something that's uh, something that's a psychedelic like there are so many different reasons for that shit to be happening it doesn't necessarily have to be like something that is um, supernatural. There was one person in the group able to determine which direction is south and then just head in that direction. I'm going this way. Yeah, you can determine which direction At is south point, pretty they, easily. At one point, they have a plane. You wait for the sun to come up, you see so, which side it rises, and you go in the direction so middle the of that. the person's cabin that they, that they found much. in the woods is yeah. like an old prepper, like an old doomsday-style prepper yeah, person. Cool. And he had a plane out the front. And when they find the plane, the branches haven't like grown over it. They've grown wrapped around the wheels and they started growing back towards the woods, almost like it's trying to drag the plane in. But when you see it later in a shot, it doesn't look like that. It looks like they've just wrapped around it. And so it's hinted at that they think that the forest is trying to stop whoever's there from leaving. But one girl, she like manages to fly up and there's a very suspicious fire and then the plane explodes. Mm. And you're like, okay, so someone is trying to stop them. And there's like another character that smashes the black box when they find it because they're kind of in the perfect situation for them. Um, it's just it is like it's loads of shit at play all at once and there's tons of characters and the only thing that disappoints me is that some of my favourite characters in the past aren't in the present 
So you know that something's yeah, happened like the to them. Shock appearance. Yeah, you know that something's happened to them. They'll you knock know. on someone's door and they'll be like, "I'm back." And it's very clever in the way that they talk about the survivors because they say, "You survived the wilderness," and they don't ever say, "Only you." They don't ever say like, "You are the people that survived." They're always like, "You survived in the wilderness," and like it's sort of hinted at that others did as well. Frozen girl's still alive. <laughs> she might be. Yeah, cryogenically frozen. They thawed her out. No, she was like dead frozen. Super, superhero. Like super, super dead frozen. Yes. Yeah, it's it's quite funny when it happens as well. Well, Disney's like that. You just put them in the microwave for a few it's, minutes. It's quite funny when it happens as well because she's just like, she's like, fine, I don't want to stay in the cabin with you lot who betrayed me anyway. And she goes outside and then like, they're all like, well, I'm glad she's outside just having a huff to herself. Nobody talked to her. And they wake up the next day and go, oh, it snowed. Oh, no. <laughs> like that. It's like, but they're in the Canadian wilderness. They know it's going to be fucking freezing. Like, it's just madness. But yeah. Why the moose home? Pardon? Why the moose home? Oh, yeah, there you go. Or you cut one open like a tonton. You've seen how big a moose is. Meeses are big. Meeses are big. You cut one open like a tonton because you yeah. think they smell bad on the outside. Pff, they smell worse on the inside. Yeah. Man. But Yellow Jackets, really fucking good. I don't know. I think it's on Sky Atlantic or whatever that channel's called now in the UK. Just Sky, I guess. You can watch it on. Um, no, that, because they're the reason we haven't got Peacemaker over here because Sky have a deal with um, Warner Max. and all that. Yeah. So that's why we don't get all the good shows over here. Um, but yeah, Yellow Jackets, really fucking good. Really recommend it. Um, it's not Tom really Atkins. It's not the perfect really series, but it, it is like super addictive. Like as soon as I watch one episode, I wanted to know what happened next. And it's great when a TV show does that. There are a lot of conversations where I'm like, the, the, And also the husband who she assumes is cheating, actually is a scumbag but he's kind of played really enduringly it's like played really well so he's like he's like I'm a scumbag but I kind of did it to save the company and is like, his name Charlie? no oh, not okay. Charlie Day no Charlie from Two and a Half Men which Melly Lelinsky was in who are you Charlie about? who's Melly Lelinsky? Char- she's in fucking Yellow Jackets oh is she? okay you just said she was the freaking no you said it I just agreed she's in Yellow Jackets oh she's in Yellow so you've watched Yellow Jackets no, because she said... Are you a Kate Blanchett? I know Melly Linsky's in it because I follow her on Twitter. Because Melly Linsky's lovely. And I'm going to... F- I guess restraining her. orders don't include Twitter. <laughs> follow her on... <laughs> it's a dark time when those jokes are probably the most edgy ones we will make on this channel. It's so upsetting for women nowadays. I'm sorry, everyone. Men are I thought awful. it was funny that in Don't Look Up, Leonardo DiCaprio had to act as if he was married to a woman his own age. I know! She's actually younger than him! Yeah. She's still younger than him! Yeah. <laughs> that must be really difficult for him. Yeah. And Jennifer Lawrence is too old as well, though, so... Yeah, that's true. She's over 30. Yeah. Too old for him. Mm. Although, Timothy Shamalamadingdong. Yeah, he's quite quite um, slender and feminine. He's an attractive guy. Yeah. I'd fuck him. You better, you better wear a dress. You'd have to shave that pencil moustache, though. Mm. I'm not having any of that, like the pedo stash. Not doing it. John Waters is the only man who can have that. Yeah. Anyone else? His. Pedo stash. Yeah. Especially Boris Johnson. He's a pedo. Anyway, Ant, where can people find you? Nowhere. Hopefully, I'm going. to Don't want them finding me. No, because then the police will know mm. you've you've broken yeah. your. <laughs> you find Ant at uh, LV54 Space Monkey on Twitter. Mellow Gaming on YouTube, Wild Wheels Hat on Twitter, the most popular Wild Wheels Hat fan account. You are Wild Wheels Hat at this point, aren't you? Yeah, where am I getting my free stuff from? Yeah. Hasbro. Be like Hasbro. 
can we get a slightly bigger Wild Wheels hat? If they friggin' release a new Wild Wheel figure, which there's a chance they could do. What you should do is every short, every so often you should just have a picture of Wild Bill in a different pose that makes him look like he's going like... They're going to release a figure whose hat won't come off, aren't they? Yeah. They're going to release a Wild Bill yeah, whose hat moulded on. Yeah. Just spite It'll be yeah. a repaint of that Jurassic Park one they've released. He's, yeah. got, he's got a hat. But it's welded off. off. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's a transformer, it's welded, not, not stuck on. Well, it's part of his head. Yeah, no, it's welded on. It's not a Wild Bill, though. It's a hat. Where's my masterpiece, Wild Will? Anyway, you can also find him at uh, Reacting Sentai Yuppa Ranger. I can't, because how many times? They got shut down by Toei. What's your other YouTube channel? Ant Spot Collection? Yeah, that's still there. That's still there. You still doing videos? Every now and then when I feel like you it. You do one about Wild Will's hat. <laughs> hey, look, it's Wild Will's hat. It's his hat on a pen. It's his hat in a glass. I'm a celebrity on the internet now. And you that's can't. true. Yeah, I've got to stop mocking I'm you. an influencer. Yep. Not until you get free stuff from Hasbro. That's when you're an influencer. No, I'll get the third parties first. They'll get all the expensive. Oh, yeah, get them things. people as well. Yeah. Yeah, you got to get on board with that. Yeah. Um, you can find me at Creative Apocalypse everywhere, including YouTube, uh, Twitter, PSN, PSN, uh, Xbox, whatever, I guess. Just spell it right and you'll find it. Do you like it. my big slug? I fucking love it. It's great. It's fantastic. I don't like the little figure. I think that's dog shit. It's Sam Witwicky. No, that's Daniel. It's Dan Witwicky. It's Daniel. Down with his little robot. Look at the little chest bit though. Looks like a robot face. He's got nipples. Looks like a robot face. He's got nipples. They're doing a proper version though that turns into a, the car mode in the film because he turns. In, he has a little car mode. He has a car mode. Yes, yeah, his exosuit. He's a human being. Yeah, but he. he folds human up beings don't him. have car mode. Did you never transform into a when car? You were a kid? Yeah, no. Haven't you seen friggin' um, what's that cartoon? With the guy who turns into a car. Was it Rick and Morty? He goes. He gives Rick. He gives Morty a car mode. It was a real cartoon. Oh right, there was There's, an actual the kid cartoon. turns into a car. Oh no! And his face stretches out and everything. Like yeah, no. All I remember is that in Rick and Morty, he goes, "Morty, I put an implant in you that makes you turn into a car when I say this phrase, and it doesn't happen." And then the after credit scene is that Morty's sitting in school, and suddenly he transforms into a car. And he's got eyes where the headlights are, and he just looks really sad, and he's killed one of his classmates. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a man. You gotta be careful. You gotta be careful where you transform into a car. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's that done. Boris Johnson says his kid's got COVID. Conveniently, it's around a time. Yeah, it's one of the biggest Tory scandals happening. It's weird. He's also decided to um, ditch all the mask mandates and yeah, yeah, yeah. all yeah. the uh, he's doing whatever things, he can, isn't he? To please his little right wing core base. Yeah, that's gonna go bad. Yeah, because they'll be the ones that die. <laughs> This is what he doesn't realise, is that he's going to kill his own voters. Yeah. How fucking stupid is he? Which at the end of the day, makes him a hero. So. Yeah, makes him a hero. Evil way, really. Yeah. Isn't it funny that there's a new variant to Omicron? Is there? This doesn't really matter. There's going to be... A, that's what happens with viruses. It's not a news. No, I don't no, know why I know make it's it not news. news. Like, when viruses have a lot of people and they're easily transmissible... They're transmittable, sorry. They learn quicker how to kill and, <laughs> and change the human body to best suit them as a vessel. That's how viruses... They're living organisms. They work... That's because that guy down the pub was saying that you're a bit of a vessel for his organisms. Wait, did he say I was a vassal? He's a like, vessel. Uh, like Scotty. <laughs> no, not with uh, Scotty. Who's the Russian guy from Star, Star Wars? Star Trek. <laughs> What's the show you like? <laughs> vassal. He's a vessel. Kolchek. <laughs> no, no, no. Can I turn this off now? <laughs> I'm dying! <laughs> <laughs>
Good. Good, you deserve it. <coughs> Just because I don't like Star, Star Wars. Right, I'm good. James bye. T. Kirk from the Star Wars. Yes. Yeah. Say goodbye. Why have they never crossed over? Because one's set now and one's set in a galaxy far, far away. And the Star yeah, Trek. Yeah, but they travel through time in Star Trek all the fucking time. Yeah, but it's not through different to different galaxies. Yeah, it is. No, they don't. They always stay in the one galaxy. In fact, they've only explored a small percentage of the They've only explored the Milky Way galaxy? Yeah. Our galaxy. There's a barrier around the edge of the galaxy that they what? can't pass through. What? Yeah, that's the whole thing in Star Trek. What? Yeah. Are galactic- you being honest right now? Yeah, there's a galactic barrier. So why is there a galactic barrier? That nothingness that's out in space is something that nothing can pass through. This sounds like a real flat Earth situation, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, there's, there's a lot of stuff in Star Trek. Is it an ice wall? Yeah, it's an ice wall. Yeah, it's a it's big a ice, wall. ice wall. Can I stop the food? Yeah, go on then. Bye. Boris Johnson fucks kids. Oh, Bye. Bye, everyone.